Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Freedom Fanatics for 2022. Um, this is a production of the Freedom Fanatics Network and I'm Sholin and this week I'm joined by Adman Pretorius who is our director here at FAN. Um, it's good to have you on the show Adman, how are you doing? I am well, I'm well. It's good to be your first guest. It, you're setting the bar low for the beginning of the year. <laughs> that means this show can only get better. If I'm your first guest, I'm I'm so excited to see how you go up from here because you can't go further down. But that being said, Sherlin, a happy new year and a happy new year to to our viewers yeah. and listeners, of course, as well. Absolutely. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, so Arman, as a group, eh, Fan was um essentially established about six months ago. Right? And in those six months, we saw some of the most iconic um events take place in south africa like the july unrest we saw the anc fall below 50 percent for the first time um just a few weeks ago we saw um uh, last week actually we saw parliament burning down these are some moments that will go down in history and i think that these events have proven that our work to promote freedom um, free markets the rule of law non-racialism is now more important than ever before and that's why I genuinely believe that our work has only just begun. Like, we haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> and in these yeah. past six months, can you just highlight for us the strength that we've built in FAM that has essentially equipped us to be capable to fight for these values that we, that we believe in? Yeah, no, absolutely. I just want to make clear to every listener and watcher at home is... FAN was established six months ago, and in the six intervening months, you know, interesting things have happened. But we're not claiming to have been involved in any of them. We, I, I, as far as we know, and none of the FAN team were involved in the burning of Parliament. Um, as far as we know, none of the FAN team were yeah. involved in the July riots. So um, let's, let's, let's say, what's it? Uh, yeah. Relation and does not imply causation. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so getting serious for a moment here, Sholin, it, you're absolutely right. Um, what we've seen in these last six months is essentially the, the changing um, of the South African paradigm, the changing mm -hmm. of how things are. And this is something I always warn people about, is the moment you buy into the idea that things are as they are and they will never be different, that's the moment you lose the fight. That's the, that's the absolute moment you lose the fight. And for at least 30 years, or let's say 25 years, South Africa has been in the state of mind of there's one party that can govern, there's one party that will govern, um, it went from being a relatively good party to a relatively awful party and that's the way it's going to stay that's the way it's going to stay there's no hope for change or anything that's the way it's going to be and i always remind people of the 15th of august 1985 when pw Boerter, with his index finger in the air declared during the rubicon speech that he doubles down on apartheid and that um, he, P.W. Boerter, quote, will not lead white South Africans and other minorities down the road of abdication of, and suicide, and therefore, end quote, you know, apartheid is here to stay. Less than 10 years later, Nelson Mandela becomes president. Nelson Mandela walks onto the field at Ellis Park with 40,000 white South Africans chanting Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. Now, 
I think there was a good change and other people might think there was not. But the point, it was one, it was a massive change. Less than 10 years it took from P.W. Buerta to Nelson, Nelson, Nelson. And why? Because people refuse to believe that the way things are, are the way things will be. And these events, these tumultuous six months that we've experienced, really indicates that things are shifting beneath our feet. This isn't continental drift. This is an earthquake. And if we know what forces to look out for, if we know where to make sure that the structures are stable and make sure that that which should not survive the earthquake does not survive the earthquake. If that, if we can make sure that we're on top of things, then the Freedom Advocacy Network and every freedom-loving citizen in this country can look forward to an incredible period of change. And if we're willing to be involved in that change, if we're willing to be present and sure of ourselves as we participate in that change, the change will be for the better. And, you know, to, to, to give you some numbers, how do I know that FAN can accomplish this? Well, in the six months that we've been active, I've got the stats here in front of me, we've reached more than 2.2 million South Africans. More than 2.2 million South Africans have seen FAN's content, our videos, our articles, our listicles, our clips, our quote cards, which you so very, very adequately make to great, great, great effect. But more than that, not only have we seen 2.2 million South Africans engage with our stuff, see our stuff, we've had 13 million impressions. That means that the 2.2 million people that have seen our stuff, between them, they've seen our stuff 13 million times. We've had almost 100,000 people go to fans' website. We've had almost 700,000 people watch our videos. The point of this data is not to brag uh, and to say, yeah. ah, you know, well done, fan, hang up your coat. It's to say that fan is speaking to a hunger that is there. Fan is identifying a group of South Africans that have been told you have nothing to say, you have nothing to do, accept things as they are, and this group is frankly saying, shove it, no. We are going to love freedom and we are going to be interested in learning about it yeah. and spreading that knowledge and that power. Yeah, Arman, that was absolutely brilliant. As you were speaking, it was goosebumps to just realize that there are, as you say, more than two million people who are actually listening and engaged um, with this ideas of freedom that are interested, that are actually hungry, like there is this hunger and we are exactly tapping into what most South Africans believe in. And that said, you know, as you say, the two, this past six months have been quite historic. But looking a bit forward for 2022, I think this is said to be one of probably the most crucial years um, in South African history. And I'm, I'm, I believe that firmly, for the, the good and the bad. And that's why my question to you will be, what in your view will be some of the most important issues um, that South Africa will deal with this year, whether it's higher unemployment, um, more unrest and riots because of this. Will we see more load shedding? Is there, you know, a risk of a nationwide blackout that we've been hearing rumors of and, you know, noises of possibly happening? We know that there are new racist labor laws all as well planned um, that will boost the EE. We also, like last year, we, we saw that the, either the expropriation bill be, was diminished in parliament 
five, unfortunately, for the ANC. But this past weekend, um, Cyril Ramaphosa announced that, you know, the fight for EWC will be renewed this year. And they will do it under a more broad term of land reform initiatives. Um, I'm not really convinced by that. It sounds nice, but we know we, 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 the packaging might change, but we know the product still remains the same. And last week, we had the state capture report released. Um, I think that was very important. Will we see accountability or will we see corruption mm. increase? These are a lot of questions that I know are on the minds of a lot of South Africans. But what of these do you view possibly as the most important um, that we will face for 2022? Yeah, so essentially what you're, you're asking, you, you're throwing me the question, you know, does God exist? Explain in three sentences. Uh, that's the sort of question you ask because it is the, it is the, every big question just baked into this, you know, cinnabon of, yeah. of, of, of excitement and change. Um, so uh, I think... Firstly, what, what we should look out for um, is whether South Africans step up. That, that remains one of the key themes that I think that has emerged, especially since 2020. Do South Africans continue to step up? Uh, we've got this municipality um, that just got a court order. The citizens of that municipality, the residents, got a court order against them. Um, telling them to stop fixing potholes. We need to see if they, if South Africans go along and say, okay, we'll do as we're told or no. This is our country and we will try our best, our damnedest, despite what you politicians want, to make it a great country. So the first thing I want us to watch out for is do South Africans step up or do we go, ah, nothing doing, there's no point, yeah, it's country is going to the whatever, um, there's nothing. There's nothing for us here. Um, so that's number one is do South Africans step up? Number two is what happens to these governments in the municipalities where things are not as clear cut? Um, in Cape Town, there's a clear DA majority. In Tswane, Pretoria, there is a, a, a stable coalition of parties that to my mind, look that like they can govern for the full five years of their government term. But then you've got cases like Johannesburg uh, and Ekruleni uh, and Etikweni, where there's some question as to what these minority governments can actually accomplish, especially keep an eye on Johannesburg. Is it possible for that coalition government to get things done for the city? If yes, a wonderful sign of things to come and hopefully an encouragement for people to get involved in politics and elections and governance. If not, we need to understand that there's still work to do. And if there's work to be done, it's ours to do. There's no more outsourcing the problems and the problem solving in this country. It needs to hit home. On the policy front, Employment equity, which is absolute, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, uh, we, we've made an explainer video here. Go watch it. I uh, urge people to watch it. BEE is, does not stand for Black uh, Economic Empowerment. It stands for Blatant Elite Enrichment. Say that again, Blatant Elite Enrichment, because we know the majority of Black South Africans have not gotten any advantage from it. They have, were made poor by apartheid and left poor by the ANC. So we know BEE, employment equity, that's going to be a battle. We need to make sure that that sort of corruption 
growing petri dish virus of you know just crony uh, uh, capitalism that needs to go that needs to go but that's going to be a big fight because as you say bee and employment equity being stepped up expropriation without compensation the very question of property rights that's back on the table the amendment of section 25 of the constitution might now have failed but we are still facing other bills like the expropriation bill like the land court bill where these pieces of legislation aim to weaken the property rights of south africans why is that a bad thing oh we can go on for that for hours but perhaps let's cut it down to the fact that people who own things in south africa will no longer own them securely and people who want to own things in South Africa won't be able to fulfill that ambition. And then lastly, I think what we should look at is the questions of, uh, well, second to last actually, is this question of ESCOM and water. Water is going to be, I think, the next big uh, uh, service delivery issue. We're already seeing it in large parts of the country and then ESCOM. So let's keep an eye on that and make sure that we know there are solutions out there. Unbundle ESCOM make the energy market competitive because I assure you in Atridgeville, in Soweto, in Danville, somewhere where there are poor South Africans who need to do problem solving on a very basic life level, day-to-day -day level, there are people with solutions to these problems. If we're going to leave it to the people in Pretoria, in the union buildings, it's not going to get solved. But if we go to the real problem solvers, the people of this country, these problems are going to get solutions. Lastly, NHI, the National Health Insurance Scheme, uh, is not yet dead. It should die because that's probably what it's going to do to the healthcare in this country if it goes through. But ESCOM causes life load shedding and NHI will cause life shedding. So I think those are the big things that we must look out for in 2022. Sure. And HP, with, with all of that said, and that is... And some of it is extremely scary, but it's hopeful as well. It gives, it, I feel like there's still a reason for us to be hopeful because, as you say, there are solutions for these things. All it requires us to do is actually to step up and, you know, actually say that, you know, enough is actually enough. And that would simply be my question for you. Is there hope for South Africa and is there hope for the freedom in this country? Yes. But if you want me to expand on that, I can expand a bit. Chaos is the greatest opportunity to affect change, to make sure that things won't stay as they are. Because the ANC is in chaos, the government is in chaos, politics is in a bit of chaos. And this is an opportunity for ordinary South Africans to say, now is the time to speak up, now is the time to actually take a stand on the right of a parent to choose their education, the education of their child, on the right of a South African to own secure property rights. The thing is, a government should never sleep comfortably. And if you are a citizen and you are allowing government and ministers and politicians to sleep comfortably in their beds, then I don't think you're doing your job. Because it's the job of a citizen to be rent-free in the minds of the politicians. The politicians, they are human beings and we're not going to be cruel to them, but they need to constantly 
literally every second of the day wonder, am I serving my country? Am I serving my country? And if we're not reminding them of that duty, then we're not doing our job. But perhaps some hard data for why I think we've got hope for South Africa. So a recent opinion poll was done in September last year and published partly in November last year. Let me take you through a few of the headline findings. 80% of South Africans profess a belief that merit rather than race should form the basis of getting a job. 76% of South Africans agree with a statement that with better education and more jobs, the present inequality between races will steadily disappear. 86% of South Africans agree with the statement that South Africans' different races need each other for progress and there should be full opportunity for people of all, all colors. 60% of South Africans agree with the statement that talk of racism and colonialism and critical race theory by politicians are just them those politicians trying to find excuses for their failures. And perhaps a fun one, 93% of South Africans say that national sports teams should be chosen on merit and not on some race quota. There's a lot of hope in this country, but currently it's locked up in the heart of South Africans who need to step up. And I think they will. I think they will. Yeah, that's really encouraging stuff there, Armin. And thank you for... This for making the time to be here with us today and we've reached the end of the episode now so don't forget to catch us on all of our social media platforms from facebook instagram and twitter and tiktok as well and yeah to join fans you can support our fight for freedom and sign up at freedomadvocacy.net and remember guys that your freedom will always be worth fighting for